I am unashamed. What about you? So uh, on the last podcast, we threw Stone under the bus for the potential making of deer roast that made the dogs vomit for whatever whatever that it means. actually good. <laughs> I, I Phil's the one that gave that report. But So last night, I tell you what, Stone, because Stone, you know, he, he's quite turned into quite the griller. and oh, you know, phenomenal. The, he's the master of meats is what I call him. So I come in last night. We've been on the road. We've been at a wedding, and, and I we didn't eat, so I was just going to snack on something once I got home. So he, he comes out there and meets us at the car. You know, we're trying to offload. Phyllis and Tony were with us. And he's like, I've got a dove and uh no one pheasant quail a dove yeah. and quail feast over here and i was like whoa yeah he invited me but i was i was he was upset at me because you know i hadn't been out right when i got sick so i've been living off deer and white perch <laughs> but the white perch is what's upsetting to him because you know willie put all these these hybrid white perch in his pond right and they so they can't uh procreate right they were supposedly not able to be able to reproduce but that's a lie because i've caught little ones oh but and you do that so you can keep big crappies so you don't have all right right. so so here's what happens we got jay and i go down there and catch hundreds i mean jay uh willie put 500 in there and jay and i have caught more than 500 and eaten them (laughs) so i know they're reproducing so what Jay does, because he can't just be friends, he secretly goes out there. He just can't be friendly. It's a competition. He goes out there and puts all these tops. What's that got to do with eating the five hundred white perch? Well, hold on. We're going to get there. So, Because I know where all the holes are, where we're catching them, and everybody's happy. But Jay goes out there and secretly, without my knowledge, puts out a bunch of tops. In the pond, away from the bank, where you can only fish from a boat. And didn't tell you where he put them. Didn't tell where I put them. <laughs> this sounds like an old fail trick from the old days. But what happened was he put cinder blocks on them, but after the first day he put them down, they popped up. I could see where he put all the tops. And I was like, that joker. <laughs> he so I called him friends. up and said, did you put all them tops way out there? And he's like, well, yeah. But he hesitated because he, he, he wanted to lie. I said, well, what'd you do that for? You didn't tell me. And he's like, well, I did that, you know, to catch the bass. What are you going to do with them? <laughs> I knew it was about the crappie. Put them back. You know? so what the I bass did, have gotten so big now because everybody just yeah. leaves them in there that, I mean, BK caught one the other day. It's about a 12-pounder. Oh, I know. They're These, huge. They're huge. I've caught a few. So Willie, meanwhile, Willie gets, he chews me and Jay out because he's like, I went down there and couldn't catch any crappie. Y'all caught all my crappie. I was like, no, we didn't catch all your This crop. is going back to our childhood yeah. <laughs> about sneaking and around I in said, people's ponds. I will give you whatever money, because I have caught a bunch of them. I will pay for the crappie that I ate. So you How can restock that? it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. restock it, whatever. It's, you know, let, let's let's be friends here. We're, <laughs> we're all the same. Sorry, man. I'm just venting on this. <laughs> so what I did, I had to go get some more tops to battle the tops that Jay put out <laughs> and <hide> him. So, <laughs> so, I, so now we've got a forest <laughs> in Willie's. Yeah. You wonder what so, the yuppies do in the subdivisions. Yeah, so but I go down it's, there. It's yuppies with redneck tendencies. That's what makes it so So I fun. go down there. Now Jay said, well, there ain't no crappie left in there. <laughs> I go down there about three days ago, 
and I catch five of the biggest crappie I've ever caught in my life. These things now have gotten huge. Because everybody quit fishing. We quit fishing in the summer, and Willie got mad. one fatal mistake with me when he said we caught all of Willie's fish. Well, I knew that was no, not it, true. No, it was not true. Cause yeah. I, so I went down there and the you next night. You never catch them all. Look, right. I went out there the next night, which is now a couple nights ago, and I'm, I'm in the dark on the way home. I had these crappie in my hands because I didn't even bring an ice chest because I'm trying to be low profile. And I hear a voice. <laughs> hey, you know, Jay, he's down there snooping on me, trying to figure out what I'm catching in the copy. He's got binoculars. He's got a pair of binoculars. I said, what are you doing? He's like, I ain't doing nothing. You just can w- catch all the fish in the hole. Just walking around with my binoculars. You can catch all the fish in the hole if you drain it and sain it. Yeah, there you go. That's the only way to Anything get short of that, no. Hook and line, no. So last night, he invites me for the dove and quail. Well, I didn't get the message because so guess what? Well, no, I was cooking crappie. I said, I'm cooking the giant cop- crappie that you tried to steal on your tops. <laughs> <laughs> and I took a picture of one because now he's not. I got mad about it. Yeah. And I took a picture of one that was about two and a half pounds. And I said, well, you missed that one. <laughs> so we got a little battle going on. Well, so so it, I didn't know all that. but so I, So I come in. And Jay's dad is there. Gordo is there. Melissa, and he's right. I mean, I, they had all already eaten, and there were, I bet there were probably twenty dove breasts and and another ten or fifteen quail breasts. That should have been outstanding. Oh man, they they they. Well, of course, they put the house. Where did you get the quail? I think Side just went somewhere and killed. Oh, really? yeah. killed those, and then I think his dad went to Texas and killed the dove. Okay, and I there were both excellent. But you know, a dove is to me is just a little better than a quail. I mean, well, that I didn't understand when he said we're eating dove and quail. I thought, well, you shouldn't eat them together. Yeah, because that's like eating that's having crappie and op together. You, it's, you know, you're. Like, I love them, but not together. That's right. Because then, what what did you give the advantage to? Dove. That, that's me. See, I, I just that to flavor. me, a quail is a little drier. I and like now, quail if I'm eating quail. Now, but then when I'll you throw this. a dove in. Whoop. I'll say this the way Jay did it because this grill of his, I mean, keeps it was juice. It was the juiciest <coughs> quail I've ever. It didn't dry out, but it's just Dove has that flavor. He he's just got a flavor about him oh, that's really really good. It's a, fine it's, a rich, bird. it's a fine eating bird. So I so I had to do some cost comparison back and forth, but both were excellent. well. It passes the yuppie test. Here's why, you know, my lovely wife who is a converted yuppie when it comes to table fare. Which, by the way, she come in after you know I didn't see her for it, a couple of weeks. Uh, she and, she now entered the quarantine, has, so the quarantine is over. Yeah, so. she entered. and She has no symptoms, no, so I it. think I'm good. <laughs> so, but I cooked her. I had the remains of the deer and and fish because those are two of her favorite things to eat. So she's like, "I'm gonna come see you on one condition," and I thought, "Ooh, Ooh. this is gonna be good." <laughs> She said, "Save me some of that deer and what perch." So I'm, you know, okay. I thought it was going to be some kind of bedroom, you know. Now, so I, I've been, I cooked deer and I cooked your fish last night, which is why we missed on the dove and oh, quail. You, but then you. she said, when I said, "Well, they're eating dove and quail down there," and she's like, "Well, that's dumb." And I said, "What?" She's like, "Why would you eat dove and quail at the same time?" Oh, so you're, she you're, even said that. Well, because she's like, "You're forcing yourself to decide something that shouldn't." You should never. Oh, well, by do the that. way, I left out an important thing because he brought this out at the end. There were, I think, four left. 
because Jay, he's always thinking. So, so he cut the legs section and back off of the quail, and he fried them. Okay, and that I was like his that. appetizer. I like that. And uh, and then he but it was last for us because we'd already eaten the other. He said, "Oh, I got four of these left too," and I ate that thing. Oh my goodness! I mean, amazing. Well, if he did something different, right? Now that that is a good idea. Yeah, there. which was so. Really how good. did he wrap the quail compared to the dove? Or he did them the same? No, the 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 dove had cream cheese and jalapeno. Yeah, the his, and his, bacon and bacon wrapped around it. The quail. No, I'm sorry, I got it backwards. So his dad had done those. So inside of them, he put some bell pepper and onion and wrapped bacon yeah, on the quail on the, on the dove. The quail oh. had the jalapeno cream cheese because Jay did those. So they were different both. Yeah, but but just that you know that dove meat is what gets me. And oh, that little piece too. underneath is the sweetest thing there is. You know, oh, that little section right there on the breast, <laughs> which is really yeah. good. So so I got a question for you. What were you doing thirty six years ago today? I have no idea. Thirty six years. Thirty six years ago. So it was in November. November so the I was, ninth, uh, thirty six years ago, is when we were recording. Fourteen or fifteen, I was probably. You were probably fifteen, yeah. Because are yeah, you fifty one now? Yeah, yeah. So you were you were fifteen. I yourself. was probably either getting ready to go duck hunt, or possibly we were hunting somewhere where it was incorrect. Open. I know, I know where you were both at on that day, Dad. You were in Arkansas selling duck calls. You were on a remember you used to do the swings, you know, and you'd go around and say you were making a swing, and you were getting ready to go to my wedding because today oh. is my anniversary. Oh. <laughs> you were not duck hunting that day. Now, I've already told the story on here about the yeah. – remember we broke down with the car because oh, the yeah. kerosene. I told that story Fine. already. But that's what y'all were doing. So it was 36 years ago today is when Lisa and I got married. I, you know I, what I was thinking? I would have never never <laughs> thought about that. So, I'm, Cole, I'm going to give you a picture. Uh, I'm going to send you a picture to pop in of the momentous occasion because it was it was huge. It was it was from one week to the next. I asked Lisa on one Friday. We got married the next because I didn't believe in long engagements. Mm-hmm. And Jace is there, fifteen. So that means Willie was about thirteen mm-hmm. in the picture. Jeff was about five, and then John Gimber snuck in there. He was about seven. So it looks like four brothers and I, me and mom. That I month. actually and remember. I missed, I missed the wedding. You missed the wedding because you were selling duck calls. But, but to your defense. It was planned from one week to the next, so you know you already had whatever you had lined up. I, I took no offense that you weren't there. So, but I remember what I was thinking. How about how weird is that? <laughs> At the wedding? Yep. Because I didn't have but one thought. I thought, boy, this is dumb <laughs> to get married during the hunting season. <laughs> it was before that. It was two weeks before duck season. No, it, to if me, November, back. December, January is off the charts on when you're getting married. That's just my opinion. <laughs> my my only philosophy about weddings are, y'all probably remember this. Well, if you're going to marry her, stay with her. Yep. Stay with her. Don't divorce her. Well, we did. Stay with her. Make we sure have. she's somebody you can stay with. See you later. <laughs> and I'm not worried about the I do throwing the rice and all this. <laughs> well, we got married in, in the preacher's living room. Yeah. And his 12-year-old daughter played the wedding march. About every third note was an off note. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Like, it was... It was you know, she's 12 years old. She thought she knew how to play it. She Funny. was close. She was in the neighborhood. I don't remember that. And there was about there was about 20 people there. And mm-hmm. uh, Lisa's family had were not coming right up until the day before. 
and relented. As we made note, none of our in-laws wanted us in their family. I mean, let's face it, Al. This is right above getting married in the front seat and having the honeymoon in the back. It was close. That's, yeah, it. That's you know. pretty much, I was almost there, you know. So they relented and came, but it's funny. By I, the I, way, are you still with her? I'm still with her. And look, it wasn't easy. We we went through some rough patches there in the in the early days, but we stuck it out and we made it work. Which is to your point, you know, all four of us, uh, by God's grace, have been able to stay married to the same. Well, actually, five now, including Phyllis, because she and Tony have been married twenty five years. So everybody, so obviously, Dad, you guys put something in us that gave us the stick-to-itiveness to make it work. Because I mean, marriage is not easy. Marriage is hard. And when you're young, especially, and you're having kids, I mean, it's it's tough. When you say that, I mean, marriage is not easy. I I see people stay together without Jesus, but I'm wondering how it's possible because it's just marriage is tough. I think Missy and I did about everything major. We did those things right, Right. and it still is a difficult day-to-day. Back to Jace's old saying, uh, I don't know whether you attribute it to some Spartan or some uh, one, you know, who's the old guy? That, Spartan. That, huh? <laughs> yeah. You, the Spartan, some have said it was uh, well, Shakespeare. A situation becomes a crisis in marriage or without marriage when cattle or women stampede. Yeah. So it has got to do source resource for who actually said this. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows who said that. <laughs> now it's so, a possible Spartan. That's the first one I've heard that. And one. in I'm our world, saying. it's probably politically incorrect. <laughs> I will venture to say, but our audience totally understands. Yeah. Let's let's take a break. Yeah. So marriage is uh, marriage is something you have to make a decision. I know we got a lot of young listeners out there and a lot of male young listeners. So just remember, it's up to you to be a son of God and a man of God and to lead your family. That's what God has called us to do. So I think as you enter into that, some of you are, you know, when you, when you find that girl or, you know, first of all, wait until you get married, then that, then that's when God says, man, go for it. You know, that's, that's the way we should be. But I think the apostle Paul wrote on behalf at the behest of the Holy Spirit of God, and God had him say, people who marry will face many troubles in this life. Correct. And I want to spare you this. So it is in the in the Bible. In the, it one is. Of the Corinthian text. So you need to read that, everybody, if you contemplate marriage. Right. You will face many troubles. But, you know, if you stay single, right. it's cheaper. It is. And look, I mean, the... the t- <laughs> Maybe not as fulfilling... <laughs> But it is cheaper. It's cheaper, and 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 look and to to your point, the 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 most two famous people in in Christianity were single, Jesus and Paul. That is correct. You know, and so and Paul said, "I wish you were like me. I wish you had a gift. You you know, you didn't necessarily desire to be married. If you were like me, you wouldn't have as many problems." That's what he was basically. That's saying. That's what he was saying. So I think that's a fair point for people that choose yeah. to be single. That's not a problem. To uh, me is. The, the pros outweigh the cons. Well, me yeah. too. I mean, I was the same. Not everybody. It's a gift, remember. it's a, the, a Celibacy is a gift is what it was called. In the, yep. That's what Paul called it. But so. there's nothing wrong with you guys out there, some of you younger bucks. If you want to stay single, hey, go yeah, for it. It's right. your call. That's exactly right. So, no slight on you whatsoever. If you're going to marry, choose wisely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's your hurry? 
choose wisely is mm-hmm. what I say. I never read this anywhere, but I, I, I say it and believe it that when God made a woman, he, he made a strange creature. <laughs> you know what I'm you saying? You didn't read that. You made that up. <laughs> I made it up. I just, from observation. Oh. Well, you they're know, definitely different from us. That's for they're sure. They're strange, very strange creatures women are. I never figured them out. You know what's interesting? I have no, I, 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 the, the female mind. I'm out. But I, think I, about I, I think about know. think about how he did it though, because you know he made us from the dust of the earth, Genesis one. Mm-hmm. So there we are. There's a man, and then he took one of Adam's ribs and made her. So think about why would he do that? I mean, have you ever thought about that? Like, why wouldn't he just make her out of the dust and be different? But she was made from him. Yeah. Whoa, man. She was from him. Whoa, man. That's how it started? That's how it started. Whoa. That's probably the first thing. He looked over and saw her, and he went, whoa, man. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's naked, so he looked over and said, whoa. It would take some type of preacher to come up with that one. (laughs) That is a preacher joke I've heard before. I've never heard that. Yeah, McCord used to do that. So, But it is interesting. He made her out of him. So that idea about companion, oneness, you know, one flesh, what you think about how that works, I mean, everything is that unity of people. So it is kind of interesting that he decided to do it that way. And I think that says something. I'm not sure what it says, but it says that woman came from us. But you're right, their their the way of thinking is so different. I mean, you know, you already have teenage girls, huh, Jay? I mean, you talk about a different way. Well, of, for the human race to survive, you pretty well got to have them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. And and they're made for each other, you know, yep. which is There's cool something thing. I think the one. And then the, everyone one's... who gets here comes forth from a woman. All of them. All of them. There's no other way to get here. So they'll now they got this gender bending. You don't know who's who and all hey, that. Yeah. But, you know, they'll say, this man had a baby. You're like, no. No, 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 that's out. No. You know, you can say that, and and you can try to look like a man and all that, but a man doesn't have a baby. That's, that's I've that's, said this before. The details of the Bible. Science is right on that one. That's right. You know, Jesus was really you know, all the science deniers, right? Yeah, yeah, right. They they love science. Jesus was that. really specific when he described marriage. When he quoted that Genesis. I mean, back back when I was studying the Bible for the first time. I never paid much attention to this, but now when I view it from a cultural view, I'm like, I know why Jesus was so specific on this. You know, on that Matthew 19, four, he said, haven't you read that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Well, that reason that we're putting our hope and trust in. Because a lot of people say, you actually believe in a being that made you from dust and then made woman from one of his ribs? Yep. <laughs> and it takes less faith to believe that than you came an from... explosion <laughs> that made all the details. And then seawater. <clears throat> we said that. What department seawater did? That? I, think, Every I think you're giving too much credence to seawater yeah. <laughs> to say no salt water made us all along with everything else. It's, it's quite the solution. Lightning struck the ocean, and then there was a charge that went into some yeah. something in the seawater. What was there just prior to that? And they'd say, nothing. I'm like, how could nothing explode? <laughs> I mean, well, how many explosions have you seen in your life? 
quite a few. Quite a few. Every time Especially I see an explosion, the last time I see the the last thing I think is going to happen from an explosion is perfect harmony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got an idea, Bob. Boy, the pieces the, landed just right. The Big Bang Theory. I'm like. You I, I would have stood up when I first heard that and said, you have drank way too much. <laughs> Do you remember that time we were filming out at Camp Shioka and they did a, they had two gas cans, I think. So it was supposed to be like a double explosion and they gave the all clear. And then there was about one beat, two beat, three oh, beats. Yeah. And then co because oh. when you give the all clear yeah. on a movie set or a TV show like yeah. ours, then that means we're all safe. But it was a, it was about five seconds went by and people, another huge explosion. That guy never worked another. People lost their jobs <laughs> over that. Because right. that was dangerous. But oh. We said all clear, and we, we were like walking toward the explosion. And then kaboom, the second one. I heard literal things come by my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was fortunate we didn't have any injuries. But I, when I thought about that, I thought about that scene, Jason, you're right. Nothing that created chaos, yeah. not form, you know, form that, yep. you know, explosions. That's what they, you know, it's ridiculous if you think about it. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take somebody accusing me of being ridiculous of thinking that, cause if you had the ability to create matter, well, it wouldn't matter if you made a human from dust. If once you have that ability, that's way more believable than an explosion right. from things that we can't even describe how they got here causes order. So my theory well, that's is just stupid. And it's just a theory because I'm not God, but my theory is is that he made us first from the earth because man is linked to this earth in our physical form until we find him. And then we're then we can heaven and earth. And then I think that he made woman from us because we're linked to each other. And so the idea is that when I marry my wife, I mean, she's linked to me. We're one, so we're going to go until we die. He makes a pretty good point. I mean, that's my theory. Because if you look at that, and from dust they come, and they go back Back to dust. Back to dust. We're linked here until the resurrection. Once you throw a body out there on the the ground for a while, Mm -hmm. be a little older, but then you go back a year later, and you're like, hmm, maybe a little few ragtag of the clothes. Go back 10 years, a decade later. And not a trace of you. That's exactly right. Let's take, let's take another break. Well, maybe a hundred. So, Jace, uh, you and I, sleep is important to both of us. Would you say that's not true? You, you just went through a quarantine. Uh, I yeah. bet you did a lot of sleeping uh, during that period of time. Well, in small quantities. <laughs> you, know, you wake up in a, a sweat or a rigor. But, yeah, sleep you know, is a healing mechanism that, that's right. God designed. And, and when you're sick, you notice you sleep more. Have you noticed that? Because when you go to sleep, you do better. So one of our sponsors, uh, since we're into sleep, is uh, is a company called Helix Sleep. Uh, and they make a fantastic mattress. I think Jason and Missy have about four I of them. I have three or four. Because my wife, she has this order of priorities. God, sleep, me. <laughs> you, you coming up dragging oh, up in the rear, ain't you? Heard. So that's why, you know, that's we, why it's we got these beds. So if you go to helixsleep.com slash unashamed, you can take their two-minute quiz, which Jace did and, and I did. Uh, basically, they have a 10-year warranty, and they're going to give you 100 nights risk-free. So if you don't like it, which you will, uh, after, what is that, three months, then you can uh, th- you can give it back to them, but you're going to love it. 
They're also offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. So that's Helix Sleep, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash unashamed. Get your $200 off your two free pillows and enjoy your sleep. Oh, I love those beds. They're awesome. There's a road that we go up, and the rednecks throw all their deer carcasses out there for some reason. Jazz, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And But it's you, it's interesting to watch what happens. Your mother the- said, you know, the road up there is just full of corpses. And I'm like, <laughs> I said, you mean carcasses? <laughs> that was one of your mother your mother butchering the English language. You know that no I, arm cry, I, I, there's a lot of deer corpses up there. Yeah, you're talking about what were we doing? 30 something years ago. She I didn't say corpse. She yeah. said corpuses. I took Missy down that corpuses. road. Corpuses. That's not even a Cor- word. Didn't even, I guess even it a is a corpus Christi. I went down Carcass Road when I was dating Missy just to show her what we do out here. <laughs> and she was horrified. <laughs> so, so here's what it looks like. So you drive up there. Of course, there's just buzzards everywhere because you know. And well, there's, tell them though it's a it's a straight it's the straightest straightaway within fifty miles of here. That's right. Woods on so, both sides. Woods, woods on both sides, side, and, and they people drag race. Yeah. At night yeah, there, yeah. but they also dump carcasses yeah. for, for. And how long is the straightaway? Oh, it's, Would you it's say going back a couple miles? I that, guess? Yeah, it's about two mile stretch. Yeah, and it's been they've been doing it for years. I mean, I guess nobody cares. Nobody lives there, so it's just a straight line. But what? what, what I've always point, wondered why they picked that particular spot. I guess because nobody lives there, so nobody's going to complain. I guess. I mean, they're, they're, I've seen before. I've never seen so, anybody dropping one. That's what's funny. All the years I've been coming through there, and I'll see a new one show up driving out here. And you know, they they came from the pickup truck that's right somebody threw it out there but i've never seen i've seen as many as 10 to 20 deer carcasses yeah in a stretch and there's every kind of critter crows buzzards (laughs) possums fox it's like a feast you know uh, coyotes yeah you know i I drive down there occasionally just to just for a thrill (laughs) yeah so this case that i like to go that side road but she said, there's so many of them deer corpuses out there. Uh, you know, whoever's with me said, what in the world was that? That looked like a dead animal. I need to find out what a corpus is, because it must be a Spanish corpus Christi as a city. She came to me. She said, is that a word? Because they all started laughing. It is a word. I, I got to know. What it means. When the game wardens got, tried to break up the deer hunting at night, That's did where you they, know, they yeah. put the fake deer on that, on that road. road. Yep, and got Jimmy Red and a few of his cohorts. Well, yeah. That was twenty years. They ago. were the invisible yeah. rednecks. They've been throwing the I think the so. carcasses well, out I there. I think that's probably it. Although I will say that I I, I did see Red throwing one over the bridge down here uh, mm. last well, that's year. That's good though. Feed the catfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's all about recycling in the redneck world. I mean, everything's got to eat, right? Even yep. Josie Wales said that years ago. Worms well, and buzzards got to. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good line. It was a good line. And but my point was. So I watch that process through the year. Jay's does too, because you're driving back and forth every day. You just you see it going down, and look by the by the next year, there's nothing left. You don't even see any bones or anything. That's right. I What's mean, interesting just... though is is that that God decided not to. He didn't try to convert people through proof. I mean, here here we have an analogy here that to me is absurd. That where an explosion has produced. Harmony without God is what people believe. A lot of people believe that. Yep. But God didn't choose 
you don't try to prove there's a God. Because faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, which would be the opposite. So you don't go, I mean, you can talk about these things, but are you going to go to some convention where people believe in that and prove there's a God? Right. Even if you could, it's just not the way. And that's why you brought up marriage. You you can't define marriage. You have to experience it. Because when people were telling me before I got married, they were giving me all these pointers. I was like, yeah, okay, I got it. I got it, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but after about a month, I what'd thought... They t- what'd they tell you, Jason? They were giving me Unless advice. you have sex with your girlfriend, you were saying, no, nah, I'm going to wait till I marry her. Ridiculous. And they said, well, good night. You're not even going to know what to do. Jay said, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So Jay said the first night, he said, was basically a study of the human anatomy. It was. Like, where is everything here? Let's. I'll tell you this. Jay, you got three kids. You figured it out, son. I was like, let me see what we got here. But she's looking, you know. She's married. <laughs> and it, that's the way it was. And I thought, I, yep, I think I'll figure this out. But there was no shame. And I always remember back to the garden where it said, they had no shame. Yep. Yep. There they were no, both naked they, and yeah. they felt no shame. That's what she had never seen me naked. Yeah. I'd never seen her naked. Yep. And so I, when I looked, I thought, wow. There have <laughs> been said, many. Whoa. Yeah. Man. There, there have been many <laughs> that have questioned Jace on the matter and they've said to him, no, you're lying. Yeah. Jace said, no, I'm telling you what happened. Some guy said, you expect us to believe that? The old guy from GQ magazine said, you expect us to believe you waited till you got married? But Jay, yeah. said, Jay yeah. said, I don't care whether you believe it or not. That That's was weird. Happened. Of all the things he challenged, he's like, do you actually expect people to believe that? Then Jason's line was, I won't speak to that man again without an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but I was making the point. That wasn't my point. My point was people were giving me advice about marriage, and I wasn't taking them serious. But when I got married, I realized they were right about it's hard to know what marriage is like until you're married. It's kind of like child rearing. Impossible to know. And so I was like, well, this is more difficult than I, I realized getting along. So that was the thing I was saying about proof. You experience it, and it's kind of like with Jesus and faith. Once you experience it, you're like, oh, you couldn't get me away from this for any reason. I, I'm not getting away from Jesus. There's no, it's not really about proof. It's now that I've experienced being in Jesus, I'm never leaving. It's uh, a good you, point you he's making because in the book of Ephesians, he talks about our relationship with our Lord. He's the bride. Yep. That's the where bride. I was headed, Ephesians yeah. 5. Yeah. And, you, and you read that text in Ephesians, and it is compared to what Jace talked about. Yeah. It is compared to marriage. It is. <clears throat> and there's a lot of other comparisons. Because how would you know how to how the Christian life is going to be unless you ever experience well, it? That's why people who don't and come you, to when Jesus. And we say what you said, boy, this is a little more little more to this walk with Jesus than I thought. Well, yeah, it's, but, and but, I talked about this, I think, last week, Dad. I can't remember when you and I were doing the podcast. There was, you know, I told you about the couple that came down from Missouri. Well, they have been living together for many, many years. They have a child together, you know, just what people do. They didn't get married, whatever. They, they call it common law marriage. Common law. So she started watching the podcast where she got convicted. 
she was like, you know, this just ain't right. Something one of us said convicted her from the, from the Word of God. So she told him, she said, hey, you're, you're on the couch now. This the sex was between us. It's over. You know, until we now get- we have a different type <laughs> of yeah, the old become one flesh. <laughs> exactly. So she <laughs> has said, been canceled. She's she said the husband the the boyfriend sends me a note and says, hey, we want to come down there and get baptized and get married. And I said, well, that's that's a good order. That's what you yeah, should do. In so, fact, through the years, we've done that a we've lot. We've done that a lot. So I told him, I said, well, you don't have to come down here. I mean, there's somebody can do it up there. But like, well, we, I mean, you you guys were the ones that I said, well, come on. So they came. So and I'd forgotten they were coming that day, which was I was kind of I was preaching. I was like, kind of out of it. And then they somebody came and told me, said, hey, this couple's here. So oh yeah yeah. So I baptized, you know, share the gospel with them. I baptize them, and I said, this is like. Jesus calls this, uh, it's like a wedding. What you guys are doing is you're cementing the fact that he's now the Lord. It's a, it's, it's ceremonial in the way we do it, but it, basically you're cementing the relationship with Jesus first. And then I'm fixing to marry y'all, which cements your relationship because that's what God says the right way to do it. So I, I thought it was a cool thing because we basically had, there's only two times you say I do and make a vow. One is, is to, correct. one is to Christ and one is to your spouse. And so is they, they what really I'm are saying is, like when it's the, the only two vows we are to make, period. This is exactly yep. right. When the religious world tries to come up with a system of verses that proves you have to do something, I'm like, that's not the way to go about this. Right. So when you introduce Jesus, you're... You're introducing something that moves you, that makes you think, that inspires you. And so then it leads you to to form an opinion that you're gonna you're gonna go with this. And it it's not really based on a, a proof thing, because that's why faith is this hope and belief right. and, and assurance. But what I'm conveying is that's why this can't be crushed. People in, in Christ, because it's an experience that is untouchable as far as some kind of uh, you know theology that you're going to come up with that debunks my experience. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just not going to happen. Well, because you're hitting it at all three levels. You, you, it's you're, you're given your emotion to it. You're mm-hmm. given your physical to it. You're given your spiritual to it. And the same thing you do to your spouse, because when you joined exactly. in together, you joined all three. Uh, well, it's like if people, like people say, well, how come you've never had an affair? Well, when you think about it, I'm just trusting that that experience is not going to be fulfilling. Correct. Now, am I curious? I think I was when I was early. Sure. You know, anybody's going to think a thought. You're, so the curiosity is what leads to bad decisions. Exactly. But I'm trusting the fact that, no, I'm one with this woman. Right. And we're going to have difficulties. That's we're right. going to have disagreements. But I'm trusting that we're one. We function as one. And whatever path I get off of to pursue another woman, that's a lie. That's so a what, trap. What Lisa and I do in a lot of marriage counseling or talking because I'm not a marriage counselor, but I've been through some stuff is usually we try to find out out of those three areas when there's a recipe for an, a, an atmosphere for an affair or whatever infidelity it usually because, because some, one of those three is not working right. There, mm-hmm. There's a problem and you got to get to the root of what the problem is. It's a spiritual problem, but it affects one of the three. And so sometimes the needs not being met, people begin to look out 
And then all of a sudden, the evil one sets up a trap, and that's what happens. Let's take another break. So uh, one of our sponsors basically helps small businesses um, create a human resources department without having to have a human resources person, uh, which, you know, we, we've always had pretty much small businesses. We hadn't worried too much about human resources in the past, but things have changed. Now you have all these it's, standards and lawsuits. It's a nice way to say people can be difficult. Very difficult. Help us. Your well, human we'll, resources are difficult, right? We'll help you manage that. So there's a company, as, as I mentioned, Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, and they were created specifically for small businesses. Uh, $99 a month, they provide your human resources for your small business, which is really good. You don't have to hire a person. There's month-to-month, no hidden fees. You can cancel at any time. Check these guys out. They're going to give a free human resources audit if you go check them out. Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Robertson. You get a free audit. BamToTheBee.com slash Robertson. What this is referred to, people coming to Jesus and the relationship that's formed, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Then he says this, which is worthy of note. This, Ephesians 5, verse 32 is a profound mystery. Hmm. Now, a profound mystery is a profound mystery. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but he said, but I'm talking about Christ oh, and the church. He says, Christ and the church. He goes from husband and wife to yeah. Christ and the church. Which is a mystery, you're right. Each one of you must, must love his wife as he loves himself, and his wife must respect her husband. So that bond that keeps you there, you say it's the same kind of bond yep. that you have with God, he being the bride, we're, we're us, mm-hmm. we're, the, we're, the, we're the bride of Christ. Right. You know what I'm Which saying? Which means exactly. that when you You're look like, at whoa. a woman and say, that's a strange creature, Jesus looks at us and says, what are you talking about some strange That's creature? why the Galatian writer <laughs> right. earlier said, said, you're neither male nor female in Christ. Well, that's us. That's a way to look at the sections and say, whoa, in Jesus, you said that does not apply. One body. That's right. Members of the body of Christ. So think about so it. is a profound mystery. It is. And Jesus is right. If you think about it, so just like the woman was made out of the man, and then they were the first man, the first woman, the first husband, the first wife, yep. we're made in Christ's image when we become a Christian. Because he's in us and we're in him. Remember when he kept saying that in John? Plus, when, when it's the it same first, analogy. When it first started, everybody naked, but nobody's paying attention <laughs> to it. Because yeah. before sin came, it That's wasn't right. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But soon as sin came along, he's like, yo. Whoa, man, whoa, whoa, man is here. <laughs> that's right. Well, now we, that's when the trouble started. It did. And look, something changed because she was able to have children. I don't know what the process was, but sin changed the process because, remember, the curse for her was that she would now have pain in childbirth, which means she didn't up until that point. Yep. So if I've always thought that God changed the way that even worked because of sin, and that's what we have now today. Awesome. I don't know what it was like. But something changed because it why wasn't was it, painful. It wasn't painful because she didn't have any pain. Maybe she did. Maybe the gestation. Period I was think different. that's I why it's called a profound it's mystery. It's a profound mystery. There's a lot we have to ask for sure. We get there. So I had an interesting thought, Jay, to prove your point about what you said. So there's a lot of 
people that have done it, but the most famous one, I think, is in Christianity today is a man named Lee Strobel who wrote the book The Case for Christ. Mm-hmm. So Strobel was an atheist, and this is a story a lot of people... Who was the guy we used to follow, John, somebody from up in Illinois? He was an atheist and then tried to disprove Christianity and the Bible and became a Christian. Yeah. Remember that old guy? Yeah. I can't remember his name. But anyway, so there's a bunch of times this happened. Strobel wrote, has written books about it, so he's very interesting. And a big voice in Christianity today, <clears throat> he was a, he was a uh, athe- he was an atheist. He was a journalist, so he was a very curious person. If you're a journalist, well, back in the day, you're curious about you know diving into stuff. So he was an atheist journalist, and he decided his wife was was a Christian, and so he decided he was going to disprove God, mm-hmm. the Bible, all of it. He's he said, "Well, because like, he was convinced." So he weighed into the Bible to disprove it. And a funny thing happened on the way to disproving it. Guess what happened? Yeah, he was converted. That's kind of how. So it's kind of that reverse. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. about the you know if people that try to disprove God, the same thing a lot of times happens to them. It certainly happened to Strobel. Well, at first when I came to Christ, I I started reading the Bible to try to disprove it because right. I thought this you know he's a boat and got all the animals and how was there enough water and. I, I was just looking does, at it. How does a big fish swallow Jonah and he lives in the I was the day? same yeah. way, but the more I got to read, and I was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> and the lack, honestly, the lack of any clarity from my education at school. I mean, just because I was, there was a stage of my life where I would listen, you know, before I came so hard at it. But I was listening to the science and the biology, and I was listening to what my teachers were saying as a, Sixth, seventh, and eighth grader, yep. and I thought this, this just doesn't, this just doesn't seem believable to me. Right. And, and talking about the explosions and all, I, I didn't get that from anywhere other than public high school. Right. I mean, a public junior high, and I just thought that's my alternative. And then I'm reading this, thinking this seems believable. Right. But I will say this: I will credit uh, McGuigan. We've brought him up before. He's been a mentor to me just in showing more the relationship aspect of following Jesus and being a son of God and having the Holy Spirit. But I remember him saying that. He's like, well, we don't try to prove Jesus. We make Jesus believable and lovable. And that was a profound statement to me. Yeah, Because I'm like, you're never going to get in some kind of court argument and convince anybody because people just argue right but it's like once you take a look at jesus and people look at how he was and you got four books to do it from and we're getting in john in-depthly that's what draws people right there's something about it that's believable and lovable yeah and and people surrender to it so I I i think it's a great point i think you're right let's take another break So to that point, I think that's why it's important for us to be able to continue to talk about the Bible and the gospel, because like we talked about last time, it's what changes lives because it it draws people in. Most people try to, if you just try to do it intellectually, you're not really going to reach that many people. I mean, you know, I, I know there's apologetics and people that... You know, yeah. do great work. And, I, and I, I think it I serves a those purpose. Guys. Right, yeah, right. yeah. But it's yeah. more about strengthening faith of people who are already believers. Wouldn't you say I, that? I, I agree. As I opposed think what to what Jace is saying when it comes to Jesus, 
it can't be rocket science, and you have to be a, a human being of great intellect. Mm-hmm. A lot of people intellectualize the scripture so much that they're looking for the deeper truths of the Bible. Correct. I've heard but, that so many times it makes me want to gag. Yeah, but people their, say but their salvation is it's just like it's found, not enough. Yeah. It's found in one person who ever appeared on planet Earth through whom the universe was created. And he comes down in flesh, which is a wild thought. What you know what's amazing to me is when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all these things that we're reading that Jesus said, here's red, 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 red letters, like Jace talks about all the time. Red letters. But if you just read what he said, at no time, not any time, not one example, where he ever said, uh the other day when I was saying let, let me clarify. No, no clarification. He just said what he said and said what he said. Right. And Matthew recorded Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you read all of that, and put it together. You say, no second thoughts. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, other day, I actually misspoke when I said, because you would think somebody who talked that much in a man's life for 33 years and it's under intense scrutiny from four different individuals recording it, you would think you would run into some mistake somewhere, yeah. but not here. That's right. It, it just it just laid out there in front of you. Take and, it or leave it. And, and you can read something a hundred times that he said, and it take that many times for you actually to get figure it out. To say, now, no. I, now I get oh, it. Oh, light bulb. <laughs> that's what, exactly right. Well, and that's the thing about it. It's, it's, it's a book, the book itself, is spread out over thousands of years by all these different authors. Yeah. And yet the central message is there throughout all that history and all these books. There's uh, how many I forgot how many different types of literature the Bible is. I mean, you got poetry, you got apocalyptic language, you've got letters, you know, got all these different forms yeah. of communication. You've got eyewitness accounts of Jesus. And as Jay says, I preached this in my sermon Jay, last week or a couple weeks ago, you know, if you look at the Bible, you've got the Father who is the front entity of the Godhead in all the Old Testament. It's always Yahweh that's interacting, talking to him. But you know the Spirit and Jesus are there because they're part of the Godhead, but he's out front. Then Jesus shows up, and so you get the gospel era during the 30 years he was here, and he's front and center. He's when now Peter, the face of God yeah, you know, yeah. for everybody. When to be and then the Holy Spirit from the epistles on. Jesus is not job. even just barely out of sight. He takes off and leaves the planet gone. Right. Forty days after he was resurrected, he stayed there to say, what do you think? He showed them all. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Here, grab What do you think now there, Thomas? <laughs> so look, here's what he says. Men of Israel, listen to this. Here's his explanation. Acts 2.22. Jesus of Nazareth, the man we're discussing, the God who became flesh, was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. So his first argument, Peter's is, if it's going to be called an argument, he's just stating fact. Right. His first sermon or whatever. First yeah. sermon. His first he said, talk. let's see, miracles, wonders, and signs followed him everywhere he went. Yep. He said, watch, which God did among you and, uh, and uh, you through him, as you yourself know. Because I mean, a lot of them were there and saw it. Sure they were. Yeah, they were. The- so here's the ones that killed him. Right. And he said, this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose. His purpose was to get him here, 
and hand him over to y'all to be killed. To be killed. Well, they're sitting there and they're thinking, we thought we were getting rid of him, <laughs> but by killing him, that's going to save us. They're, it blew their minds. Yeah. They're, they're like, Big time. what? And he said, look, all this was worked out in advance before we showed up to kill him. Peter said, that's correct. So by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, as you yourself know, you and the Romans got together here, and you're putting him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God has raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Yeah. That's the point of all this. They were just devastated. They're like, what in the world? And, have their, and their response was what? What do we do? What do we do? What, they they just, were cut to the heart, it says. So someone said, well, that's highly theological. No, it's not. It's just simple facts about a person, the only person who he ever lived. He presented him as believable and lovable. That's and right. they said, that's we're, right. we're in. That's, that's right. right. And in their own guilt and shame because they realized they were a part of the process that put yeah. him to death. But they had no idea it was for them that he was doing it. Right. And they went but, from what they said there, you know, crucify him, crucify him. They went from that, let's see, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They said, we're going to listen to y'all now, to the fellowship. we got brothers and sisters who believe what we believe. The breaking of bread and prayer, remembering Jesus, the blood that he shed, the body that was nailed to the cross. Everyone was filled with all many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. It's keeping going. They're like, oh, what were we thinking? All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their possessions. They and their goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. You say, what a change in a group of people. Uh, every day they met in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. And the Lord added to their number those who had been saved. That's how simple when that thing took off like a rocket. 3,000 of them said, we're in. We're in. Well, that thing went worldwide, and it turned out to be, I don't know how many in all, I would say hundreds of millions. It's a, I think it's a couple of billion. Or now. a billion or two. You're like, how in the world did that get going? Yep. Well, you've just seen the whole thing in about 10 minutes. You're talking about it. That's right. It's it's that simple. And It's what, not how much intellect a human right. being had. Someone with a first, second, third grade education in the middle of nowhere with a dirt floor, somebody stop and tell them mm-hmm. what's happened. They're like, Really? Yeah. And it changes their life worldwide. I've done it. I've been there. I've been in some of those huts in Africa. No and, and college education. Changed. None, none, needed. none, none needed. needed. Because everybody has is driven by the same needs because we're all human beings. It's the same sin problem. And the one with no education who hears the message that Peter preached, Jesus, everything purposed in Christ, they hear that or they respond by faith. They're added to it along with the rich the famous, it, it's all one body there. But how many times have you studied with somebody? I've had people in my house. I share Jesus with them. Then they come back. I start right over in the same place. And they're like, right. well, we've already gone through this. I'm like, oh, it's not going to change. <laughs> There's nothing more beyond Jesus. That's correct. That's right. The experience is what we're looking for. That's right. So uh, to our audience, because we got to run, I would say if you've never embraced Christ, if he's not in you, therefore you're not in him, it's now's a good time to make the move. That's it. To become a son or daughter of God. It's a wonderful thing. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. 
Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.